Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the only podcast offering unfiltered guidance and direct advice for all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Everybody. Welcome to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. I am sort of here with my right-hand compadre, Dale Dempsey. What's up, Dale? How are you doing? I'm great. It's just me and my volleyball. <laughs> Wilson. We're just... Dale is on an oasis. I see the, you got the little plant in the background there. That's pretty nice. Yeah, the but airplanes, yeah. We are finding ourselves here in New Jersey, like most people in the country at this time, quarantined and isolated from going out. For those of you watching us on YouTube, you'll see that I actually am in my office, although it's a different setup. In full disclosure, I live about three minutes from here. So I get in my garage, I drive here. I'm the only one here. So I am fully quarantined, the stay-at-home work order in force. I did actually, though, make some adjustments to my Bulldog buddies on my desk. So I'm trying to keep things as business as usual. But Dale, you're at home. How are you doing with the kids? I guess I'm fortunate, not fortunate. I don't know. I have a little bit older kids, so they're like spending about 18 hours on the computers after their schoolwork. So they're happy. As long as food's in the house, they're happy. How about you? <laughs> yeah, it's about the same. I've got some younger kids and I've got a mix of kids, I guess. So the older one is the same thing on the phone, on the computer. The younger ones and my wife are watching Tangled right now because there's a debate about whether or not it's the greatest Disney movie of all time. Never Ironically, so Tangled is the story of Rapunzel, I think. Okay, right? Rapunzel it. was locked away in a tower. The town that she was taken from is called Corona, which is kind of interesting. Uh, they're, interesting. They're, they're checking out Tangled right now. My personal favorite okay. is not Tangled, but yeah, we're doing good. We're hanging in there. I hope everybody else is safe and happy as it could be. Find yeah, I definitely time think that. Family. Definitely think. Yeah, totally. I think that we would be remiss if we didn't sort of start this off by saying that we're praying for everybody to be safe. We are very thankful and praying for all the first responders, EMT, police officers, firefighters, nurses, doctors, people at the hospitals that are cleaning up. I mean, janitors and people that are helping the nurses and doctors who never thought they'd be in warlike situations, and they are. And so. We really are praying for them and everybody around and those that are sick. Hopefully they make it out okay. We're praying for our leaders. Again, regardless of your political affiliation, doesn't really matter. We're all human. I mean, this is not even a United States thing, right? This is a humanity thing. So we're praying for everybody. Every night at our dinner table, we say a prayer for all those folks. We say a prayer for the people that are working with the White House and leaders around the country to just to come up with solutions to medications and medicines and and vaccinations eventually to hopefully get past this thing. So anyway, with that said, we thought today we would just talk about the new world, the new, I hate to say it because it's getting overused, I think, but the new normal. And within financial services, how this change is, is affecting the financial services industry, different firms, the advisors, the advisor-client relationship. So there's a lot to sort of peel back on this one. And I think the broader comment would be, which we actually covered in an episode, episode 21, about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, because we are all uncomfortable right now. 
this podcast that we're doing right now, YouTube, it took us, I mean, this is uncomfortable for us. This is the first time we've done this, right? I've been on, we have done Zoom calls and all that stuff, but to record our podcast this way is uncomfortable for us. It wasn't our norm. Our norm was setting up everything in my office and moving chairs out, moving the tables in, putting our mics on, getting the video on and going. We had a rhythm with that. Now we had to change, which is interesting because Dale, you and I were talking on Friday about how advisors have had to change over the last couple of weeks and what firms were prepared for that and what firms were not prepared for that. And I think that some of the firms that are glaring, I'm not really going to call out any firms. That's not what we do for everyone. Anyone that listens to this podcast. I'm not here to throw any particular firm under the bus or highlight any particular firm. It's just really a general thing. But there are some firms that just weren't prepared for this. And what we have seen was primarily the wires. Wirehouse firms, for the most part, were really resistant to technology in terms of social media and advisors working from home. And Mm. the advisors are feeling it. Do you think that's a a compliance issue? That's that's my take on it. The technology and how do you justify doing all this stuff from a cost perspective and keep the regulators away from you? It's got to be a challenge. It is. I mean, and firms that were resistant to advisors working from home on a regular basis without it being registered as a remote location or sometimes otherwise known as like an office of convenience, it's a compliance thing. What are they printing out? Are they sending stuff to their clients that they're not using our printers or they're not using our scanners? They're not getting things approved. Think about it. How does an advisor send something to a client right now and then have it approved by the manager or vice versa? How does an advisor send something to the client and it doesn't go through compliance approval some of the stuff is being done the right way. Some of it isn't being done the right way. You know, they're just, it's a work in progress. I just talked to one of our clients who does a podcast and they just recorded two podcasts and they sent the recording off to their compliance folks, which is easy and they'll get it back and send it out. But it's the more traditional stuff that I think some of these firms have a hard time with. Some of it was in the first four or five days, just having phones forwarded to their home, right? Having their well, office you, phone being forwarded their to their cell phones was a disaster. I'm still right. noticing a lot of firms, either they'll have it forwarded to someone who is clearly not in communication with financial advisor and trying to take a message to get back to you, or it's going to a voicemail. And rarely will it go right to the advisor themselves at the bigger well, firm. Because their systems aren't set up that way. So a case in point, so for us, right, we, for those of you that don't know, I have a large number of consultants that work for the firm and staff and stuff like that, but about 10, 12 people or so work from this location. And aside from moving our computers on Saturday, we use voice over IP phone systems. So everyone has their phone, they're at their house. I can look at my phone, which is behind me, and I can see who's on the phone. I can see who's not on the phone. So all these red lights, so I can tell that's like, for me, that's like Christmas. That's Christmas for me. I see all these lights on. (laughs) That tells me that my team is on the phone, my team is working, and I'm proud of them. I'm able to call my assistant like I would normally do, or she can call me, or I can just hit Dale's button and and he's on the phone. We're doing this podcast. I just texted Trish and said, hey, we're recording a podcast. Can you just grab my phone? It's stuff like that that a lot of these wirehouse firms and W2-type firms were not prepared for. Most independent firms and most independent advisors 
already have voice IP phone systems. Now, you and I both know there's limitations to those things, and we're not going to talk about that today because sometimes bandwidth and stuff like that creates right. some problem there. But someone had asked me, how do you think this is going to change the industry? And I, I got think that it will change the in- Right, exactly. I'm just curious what you thought or what was your answer oh, to that? My, my answer, I thought it would definitely change the amount of advisors who are more comfortable with their communication, the methods in which they do it. So my view is in the short term, there's going to be more advisors, whether it's compliant or not, communicating with their clients in all sorts of ways that maybe they haven't before. In the long term, you're going to start to see pressure on the firms that are not adept to what to expect now. You're going to start to see pressure and changes in them adapting to it. They're going to have to. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that firms that weren't ready are going to have some problems. Firms that were already compliance heavy are going to have some problems because now advisors are going to demand the flexibility and they're going to have to spend the money to do it. And I think a lot of firms are not going to have the money to do that or candidly the desire. There are a lot of firms out there that were ready, that were easy breezy, technology was great, e-delivery, e-signature, all of that stuff that a lot of firms have, but many don't, that's going to be sort of like, that's just going to be sort of bare minimum. Like you have to have that stuff in order to operate in the future. That's just a necessity. You can't be in the game without that stuff. And so this is a warning to those types of firms that just don't want to give it advisors or clients that access because they think that their advisors are morons and they don't know what they're doing and we can't trust them and which is ridiculous. But that's the fact. I think that one of the things that I've gotten a lot of, and we've had a lot of conversations over the years with advisors that go back and forth with, should I go independent? I don't know if I can. I'm not sure if I want to do it all. I've had so many conversations with advisors that were W-2, and now all of a sudden they're asking me or they're saying to me, maybe I should reconsider this whole independent thing because having had to work from home now for about two weeks, it's not that bad. It's pretty simple. And granted, they don't have their assistant there and like that, but they've seen that they're doing business. They're talking to their clients. They've learned how to use a scanner. I've talked to some people in the past that weren't sure how to use a scanner. How do you scan something in an email to someone? Because a lot of advisors just give that thing to their assistant and say, yeah, scan this and send it to a bill. What they've seen now all of a sudden, I can do this. And oh, wait a minute. I'm going to make anywhere between 15 and 30 percentage points more. I can almost double my net income by working from my home or an office somewhere. Or quite frankly, most firms will let you work from home, a home office or whatever. This depends on your clients. So I think that's going to be a huge change. Great for the independents. It's going to put more pressure on W-2 firms. And I'm not just talking about wirehouse firms. I'm talking about regional firms also because they're still in the 40% range payouts and ticket charges and all these different variations of their comp plans. And it's going to put pressure on them. It's also going to put pressure on managers to step up to the plate. If you're a manager, you're going to really have to start to add some real value to your advisors because now they've just realized they can work from home. Now they've just realized they don't really need you. So what are you going to do to add value to their practice and help them grow? I think that's going to be a major, major issue. And candidly, if wires and regionals aren't 
figuring out, obviously not now, and I understand right this second, we're just trying to help our people and make sure that everyone's taking care of their clients. But senior leadership at W2 firms are not trying to figure out how to provide the right types of advisors with an independent type of platform. They are done. This is the beginning of the end for them. I think personally, that's how I see things changing in a meaningful way. We shouldn't forget that from the firm platform level, I've seen some cases where right, it's like a high volume day and the platform crashes, but I've heard a lot more about certain firms who have some antiquated technology behind the scenes, yeah. not really just going down haphazardly because a lot of the maintenance that has to be done is not done as well remotely. This oh, look, thing it's, is a, like it's a wake up call. It's a wake up call that a lot of firms got comfortable. No one thought we were going to have the market crater the way it did and the volume pick up the way it did. And, and right to your point, Dell, is that I think that some of these firms just got comfortable with the systems. People were focused on, oh, what's the next financial planning platform that we have to roll out or some other tool when they forgot that they needed to change the oil in the car. Because sometimes sure. you'd be driving down the street, you haven't changed your oil in five years and the engine seizes up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in full disclosure, that actually happened to me once. I had a Jeep and I just, I don't know, it never crossed my mind. On, I don't know why. On the, on the more important things. I was. I know I was, you. You, I was, uh, you were probably close. I was totally, this was years ago and I was an assistant branch manager in Red Bank, New Jersey at Smith Barney and I just was pulling out of my neighborhood and the car just totally froze up. <laughs> it's so embarrassing, but it's sort of funny. But it's a great analogy, right? Yeah, it's a there good are firms right now it, yeah. that are freezing up they're freezing up. I think a lot of the independent broker dealers, I'll say the smaller independent broker dealers are going to have issues. Money market, the Fed goes to zero. Well, any of these firms that were barely making money as it is, and the only reason they were making money is because their money market balances. We talked about why Morgan Stanley was buying E-Trade. And one of the huge reasons was the, I think it was $40 billion or something in money market funds. Yeah. That cash sweep that they get and that spread went away. So right. I can see a lot of these smaller firms that are independent smaller firms really having some problems. So I think we're going to see some of that consolidation. What do you think? What are your but, thoughts you know, on the price of oil or real estate investing? Sort of like on well, the topic. Well, look, I think that's we can come back to that. Would you in terms of some of these MLPs that are cratering and just seizing up? I think that's going to be a problem. That's when you talk about some of these smaller independent broker dealers. A lot of those firms were letting their advisors do those things. Some bigger firms too. And that's a real problem coming down the road just because of what's happening. But I want to just make sure I cover this point because it's really important. I think there's going to be a huge push for advisors to go independent, right? Because they can work from home, all that good stuff. But I still think, and I've read a couple of things where they say, oh, this is it for the W-2 space. This is it for the brick and mortar broker dealer. I don't agree with that either. No, I think either. that there's going to always be a need for brick and mortar offices Clients want to go in. Advisors want to go in. Like, look, we have a business. You know this, Dale, right? We have a business that technically can be totally remote. I have consultants in Alabama and Texas and Florida or on the other side of the state and in Oregon, and, and we can operate. But there's something to be said for coming to an office. Oh, well, there's a lot so, to be said for it. I feel there's synergies there's, and there's... Yeah, there's that, some esports teams that... Ultimately, they all end up renting a house. In the esports, if you don't know, esports is essentially yeah, a, I don't know uh, professional, professional video game players who 
which is a perfect example of where (laughs) you can do that from anywhere in the world. But these really successful teams, and they, they create teams, they get together and they all rent a house and they have a team leader and they practice together. And they get better by talking about what they're each doing. And right. it's the same sort of mentality that exists anywhere on the earth. There are certain folks who are more entrepreneurial, and there's other ones who are better in a more managed setting. There's nothing wrong yeah, with it. Right. And it's just yeah, to look, your point. Certain people that find you can easily get distracted when you work from home. I call it learning through osmosis. And you've heard me talk about this a lot, right? When you're just around the office, you hear mm-hmm. things and people hear you and I talking about something and someone says, what are you guys talking about? That conversation wouldn't have happened if they were at home because we're not going to call somebody and say, hey, pause that thought. Let's call everybody and get them on the line and go over that. We're just going to talk. And so I think that that same thing happens within a broker dealer, an RIA, right? There are just going to be a lot of them that are are still going to want to work from an office. But the main point is still going to be those types of environments still have the technology and the resources to be sort of remote. You don't have to have a 50-person office. You can have an office, but maybe you only work there half the week. You're out and about and you're doing things. So I think that there's going to be this continuation, but there's going to be a huge pressure on W-2 models to step up with technology and solutions. I'm talking about technology just to operate. Forget about planning software and CRMs and all that stuff. I'm talking about just functionality to do business. And that's going to be a huge change. Um, I mean, like you should be able to do business anywhere. You're anywhere, a senior advisor. Anywhere. And forget about the crisis for a second. You're traveling everywhere. And you should be from Malibu to should matter. You know, Jackson should Springs. Have, you should be able to pull your laptop you, and your desktop's on the computer. You don't have to put in 75 different passwords. Or if you're somewhere else and you have your iPad and you use your iPad and your client wants to sign documents, you should be able to pull up the computer, the iPad or whatever, and your client can sign everything right there. You hit a button and it goes off. Oh, by the way, there are firms out there that already yeah, do that. They do that. Yeah. You know, this is not some <laughs> like futuristic, boy, wouldn't it be awesome? There are firms right. that do that right now. I was talking to a manager in Chicago today and he just hired a $1.3 million UBS advisor. Boom. He hired him. Clients got e-delivery of all their documents. They signed everything, e-signature, and it was like easy. So those are the types of things that I'm telling these W-2 firms, you're putting money into getting your advisors to do more of your products or whatever. You need to be working on technology to allow your advisors to be much more mobile and efficient. This also means, and a lot of advisors on the independent space have been able to communicate with their clients through social media and pick a platform, communicate through Instagram, communicate through Facebook messaging, communicate through podcasts, communicate through video, doing stuff like this. There are a lot of firms out there that don't understand that. And that's, again, that's going to be the minimum to get into, to be in the game. If you don't have that stuff, you're basically minor league. So, Well, what's interesting, you said this before, so I want to emphasize it. A lot of firms are going to try to get to that place that we were just talking about, right? You can do business anywhere, operate anywhere. Right. Firms that can't, guess who's going to pay for it? You know who, you already know the answer to that. And that's, I can see it because you made this point before, 
like, where's the money going to come from? It's going to cost something to upgrade oh, yeah. all this stuff because you right. didn't build it this way to begin with or with the notion that it might change. Yeah, I That's think a great point. Look, it's going to come from the clients and it's going to come from the advisor compensation. They're going to say it costs more money now to do business because right. we have to invest in all this technology so you people can have better technology. There's going to be so many excuses coming out of this thing from certain firms, excuses mm-hmm. as to why they need to change pricing because they oh, yeah. need to make more money. It's going to be really be some firms that think it's going to be pathetic. But look, I saw it coming out of 2000, 2001. I saw it coming out of 08 and 09. We see a little bit of this in politics. Again, I'm not taking sides, but there are a lot of people that use opportunities and crises to take advantage a little bit. Look, I know they got to make money. Firms have to make money. I get it. But there's better ways to do it. And I just think that it's going to be an interesting next couple of years for us. Candidly, I think that we are going to be busier than ever before because of all the things that we're talking about. I've gotten so many phone calls from advisors that are beyond frustrated. They're starting to recognize how poor their firm really is. They didn't like the firm before. Now they're realizing, wow, we were really unprepared. And oh, by the way, I haven't heard from my manager in a week. That's crazy. I think if you're a branch manager or leading any type of group, you need to be on Zoom calls every day. You need to be talking. You know, Dale, we do two a day, right? We do one at nine. Every day. We do one at five to check in. The one o'clock call we were doing was a little bit monotonous, breaking up the day. But if you're not hearing from your manager or you're not hearing from your leaders or if you're independent and you're not hearing from your OSJ that's taking five or 10 points off your payout, you need to be rethinking your situation because that's not cool. This is where in times like this, This is where they earn their money because just like you have to be talking to your clients right now because this is where you earn your money. Not about, oh, I got you at 20% or, oh, you're earning your money right now by communicating with your clients. And so I know we're sort of meandering around, but this topic is so big and I'm so passionate about it and excited. I'm excited because of where this is going to go. I agree. But to the original point of the podcast, it's going to change table stakes. Communication will be paramount, and that only happens through certain methods, technology being one of those, your compliance restrictions being another one, and it will force firms to upgrade the brain matter at the firm. And if it doesn't happen, you're going to start to see, and it won't happen at at certain firms, you'll start to see things changing. If I'm an advisor, I'm thinking, (laughs) is that my firm? Or is it going to get to the point where the branch has to change the economics or whatever the case might be. Am I really getting my value? This is really sort of a vantage point on what we're seeing here coming in. Yeah. Starting 2020. Look to your point, Dale, I think that firms have to be thinking about those things. And then as an advisor, you have to think about the same things, but from your point of view, are you at the right firm? Are you at a place that's going to be taking care of you so you can take care of your clients? It's a time where you need to be selfish because it's all about you. I know we joke about that. Sometimes we say, oh, it's not about me, but it's about me. You need to be selfish with what your firm is giving you and demand a higher level, right? Like you're saying, it's table stakes. So anyway, just sort of lastly, uh, sort of a side note, non sort of financial service related, because this podcast will probably get released in a few days when we will start probably at least in New Jersey and New York, some other states be sort of still be stuck at home and it'll be peaking. So I want to just say that the next couple of days are going to be rough. Everybody's at home. 
I've been talking to our team about some of these things that I think that everyone should be doing. Try to keep a normal day, wake up at the same time, get showered, get dressed like you would normally would. Try to have, make sure you, if you're at home and you're working from your kitchen table. Find a better place to work. Create some sanity. These are not easy times, and everyone says it's going to get worse before it gets better. And so you got to eat well, try to stay healthy, try to eat healthy, try to exercise, get outside in some sun, keep social distancing. I know for me, when I walk with my wife, I mean, I'll almost go to the other side of the street if someone's walking. Forget about the six feet. I try to keep it at least 10 feet. But do some of those things to keep some sanity. If you need to talk to somebody, you want to talk about your firm, your situation, working from home, communicating. The CARE Act came out in terms of for firms that have employees. There's SBA loans. We're here as a resource. You can DM me at franklarosa.elite. You can email myself and Dale, frank at eliteconsultingpartners.com and dale at eliteconsultingpartners.com. We want to be a resource. We have information from tons of firms. You might be at a firm that's not giving you any information. Email us. We have information that we can disseminate to you from the top firms in the industry. They're all available to read. I don't know if you can send them to your clients, but at least give you talking points. So, Dale, any sort of last words of wisdom? And At some point, I'm going to try and build a raft out of palm trees. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, say that. we'll try to get off the coast. No, I just want to, in all seriousness, just hope everybody stays safe and happy. And our thoughts and prayers to the families and folks who are on the front lines and then going to face tough times here. We're keeping right, it positive. Anyway, yep. I wish everyone the best. Keep it real. God bless. We love everyone. We love all our clients. We'd love to have you be an elite client and we'll help you out. Be safe. Give your kids hugs and kisses. Give your wife or spouse, significant others, hugs and kisses. Say a prayer at night for everyone that's out there working and fighting for us. Thanks a lot and see you next week. Thanks for listening to Advisor Talk with Frank LaRosa. If you're looking for more advice or solutions on any topics in the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to our podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcasts.